Jay Sakai Sandifer is our first guest on the Rare Humans podcast. He is a thinker, art director, speechwriter, and modern-day renaissance man. He also happens to be someone that I personally look up to and admire. Sakai has built the career of his dreams on his own terms. Today, we talked about life, ego, books, and the pursuit of happiness. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. All right, Mr. Sandifer, Sakaya Sandifer, thank you so much. Uh, you are indeed a rare human. How are you? Freaking amazing. I'm better than I've been, but not as good as I'm going to get. Mm, I know the journey continues. It never ends, right? Yeah, if you're living right, if you're living right, it should, it should never end. I think I'm going to be at my absolute best when I take my last breath. Yeah. Yeah, because other than that, it's always an opportunity to improve. Do you feel as though, you know, the further along your journey you go, the more inspired you become? Is it just like, are you just evolving with time or how do you feel uh, it, like, the older you get? Life is an ever flow. Some days I wake up like super duper inspired and some days I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, the thing is to try to the thing is to try to have as much uh uh or not have, well one universe is all about balance so i don't expect to always be high but with that same thing i don't expect to always be low i embrace it for what it is you know i mean when you look at nature uh the fall and winter months the trees just be like yo fuck it I want to lose my leaves right now. <laughs> this is what I need to do this season for me to do absolutely nothing. But it knows it's going to come back in full bloom. Yeah. And it, for me, feeling the seasons change has always been, you know, I don't know if I'm just extra sensitive to it or tapped into it, but even just the last few weeks transitioning from summer into fall here in LA, um, it's almost like a breath of fresh air for me. You know, I love fall. My birthday's in a couple of weeks. It's always been, you know, my favorite season, um, you know, do you have a favorite season or how do you feel about fall or summer? What is it? like? How um, do you strictly because of outfits, I like more of the fall. Well, LA, because different me growing up in Chicago, I mean, I, I hate it like winters in Chicago, obviously. Um, and I really always look forward to spring in Chicago. But in LA, I look more to fall, winter because I could dress in layers. Because uh, the spring, and especially the summers here, are so brutal that it's basically you just wearing a t shirt and some shorts. So here, I like the fall and winter. It's like I like that it's a little bit more brisk. I can put on these, especially now launching assortments and stuff, which is all about layers. It allows me to to express that in my everyday life. Well, I was going to ask you about what you've been up to, so maybe you can chat about. I see everything you've been posting with your new latest venture assortments. Uh, talk about that. It looks amazing. I love it. Um, assortments is um, my initial offering of Elevated Basics. Uh, the end goal is for. Uh, to have boutique hotels. That's the specific business model that I want to have because it incorporates everything that 
I'm passionate about. Uh, but assortments, it's uh, started with seven pieces, uh, a t-shirt, a short sleeve tee, long sleeve tee, crew neck, hoodie, outerwear jacket, like a windbreaker and a, um, and a pair of pants. And that's just going to evolve, like I said, to, to the boutique hotel. But the three pillars of assortments is curation, collaboration, and creation. I curate first and foremost. Uh, the collaboration, I think I like the most because that allows me to work with other artists. And I love working. I love collaborating because it, uh, it's, it gives the opportunity for the third brain to appear where two people working together, they come up with something that neither one of them could have came up with by themselves. So I always look forward to that. Oh, we could just do this. And how about this? And how about this? And be like, oh my God, that shit is no more. But it was like 10 different, how about this from each party that came up with this new idea. And then the creation is just stuff that I do on my own that doesn't exist. It's like stuff like the tables and stuff that's in my space and which is going to be in the physical spaces and whatnot. How did this idea come about? Has this been something that you've always wanted to do or was this a recent kind well, of idea? Fundamentally, yes. It's been dormant in me. I can't even remember. I, I can never, I don't have a thought of me ever not thinking about going into shopping for anything and saying, man, this would be better if they did this wow, this would be better. Like, oh, I hate that stitch and I hate those buttons. Oh, why did he put those legs on that table? Like, it's always something in me. So I've been doing it uh, mentally or dormantly like all my life. Um, the last three years, there was, there was a little bit more focus and I had the idea that a pandemic hit, which shut everything down. And then last August, August 22nd, to be exact, in 2021, I said, I'm, I'm going all in. I'm going to put this ideal out. And I'm going to ride and die. And been really happy about the response. Like, you know, the interesting thing about the assortments, the type of creative I am, it's more about what I create. I want people to look at that and not look at me. But yet, the biggest engagement I get is when I put myself in the post. It's like, it's like the universe is like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> fuck what you wanted. <laughs> fuck what you wanted. I love that. <laughs> so you are big on design. And a lot of the times that I've spent with you, it seems like a lot of your life and, and your surroundings and the things that you curate are all design forward. You're a very design forward thinker. Would you say that? Yes. Well, well, to me, the difference between artists and a designer, an artist has a need to create. A designer is someone who, who comes up with an aesthetic solution. So I'm not, so 
I've come to terms with uh, what calms me, what's like keeps me like in Zen is being around minimum pure designs. So that's how I have to create my world is very intentional. I want my I my eye needs to lust in every corner that I look at. And it's because I can't turn my mind out. I can't turn it off. So my mind is constantly, constantly like, mm, that could be, or mm, that could be. But if there's nothing there, if it's a clean line, and that doesn't mean that I'm looking for something that's super duper perfect because that's boring to me. I love just position of putting like something modern, new next to something that's vintage that wasn't even, um, its original purpose wasn't um, what I'm using for it today. Like one of my favorite tables is the small table I found antiquing that they used to uh, feed horses hay out of. But I love seeing the, the hand in it. I love seeing the hardware on it. And it looks perfect right next to these two chairs that are these modern, like, you know, lounge, like, like circular chairs or whatnot. Yeah, when I was uh, younger, my, my grandpa had a uh, wood shop and I'd go watch him, you know, be in the wood shop building these things for you know our family and stuff like that but what was cool to me is i loved the idea of i don't know just the process of that so him and i i came to him and said i want a bookshelf for my room and we made that bookshelf collaborated he taught me how to use saws all that and as he was going to get the sander to sand all the lines and pencil markings and all that away i said no 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 keep that you know, this has, this adds character. This almost adds this timestamp on this so that when I put this in my room, I can look back and see that pencil mark that you did those little etchings, stuff like that. Um, yeah. and he, he kind of had this look on his face. He's like, Oh, great. Okay, cool. And I still have that, uh, to this day. And every time I see it, it's, it's a piece in time and it reminds me of him. Right. So I love what you said about nothing should be too perfect. It, it's almost perfect the way it is because it has that character and you can repurpose it um absolutely so yeah i want to go back to you to your earlier days you're from chicago right originally i was born in chicago that's correct how did your early childhood years you know shape you who you are today you know were there any big moments that that stood out um uh, in your earlier days that you know kind of helped guide you to who you wanted to be um Hmm. Well, growing up on the South Side of Chicago, it was a typical uh, in the seventies, uh, eighties. I mean, it was. Uh, I can't say. I can't say anything inspired me on what I wanted to be, but it definitely inspired me of what I didn't want to be. Uh. I didn't like, I didn't like the, the um, I shouldn't say, well, I guess I, that's being truthful, saying I didn't like, but I also just never connected to the options 
that they would have on the South Side of Chicago. It was almost like they wanted me to, hey, is this TV too loud? Can you hear it or no? No, you're good. You're okay. Good. Um, it almost like they wanted me to dull my, dull my senses and whatnot. I always knew that there was a bigger world outside of South Side of Chicago, you know, um, and I was never going to let anybody talk me out of exploring that. No one. It was like, there's more options. I'm talking about something simple as way you the way you choose to eat. I was like, man, there has I know there's better than this. Um, now that doesn't mean I didn't have a ball. I mean, it, like I, I had a very, uh, I had a very fun um, childhood. I just always knew that I would be living beyond that. You were curious. I, yeah, yeah. I, I just it, it was like it was just too limiting for me. It was just too limiting for my mind. And I didn't like, I didn't like how just going to people's houses, there was, there was never a house that I was like, oh man, this is the first shit. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that there was houses out there though. You just yeah, I knew. <laughs> so you have, you know, you had, we was watching shows like, you know, different strokes and dynasty and shit like that. And, and Knott's Landing and like, and I was just like, wait a minute. And, I, and I'm comparing it again. I couldn't turn my mind off. And I'm like, wait a minute, this, why are these, and I, when I say colors, I'm not talking about a people. I'm talking about colors and spaces. And I was just like, wait a minute, why are these, these browns and oranges over here? And I'm seeing these beiges and whites and, and topes and stuff over here. Like, wait a minute, there's, there's, there's something going on here. And, and I couldn't turn my mind off of that. I know the watching the, the Magnum PIs and stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, that's just, that looks like a really nice lifestyle right there. You know, it's like, he had the car, you know, he get the women and shit. He was like, it was kind of like freestyle, you know, yeah, I, I, and I'm pretty sure there's somebody today that's looking at their current options in life and knowing that there's there's something else for them. I'm just a person who who um, who made that commitment to walk towards that vision that he had that only he could see. Yeah, I feel like that's the hardest part for a lot of people, especially when you're, you know, younger, going through your teenage years. Um, it's almost like you have that eye for it. You have that curiosity. You want more than what's in the box that you grew up in. Um, uh -huh. And some people, I feel like, you know, I, I grew up in a small town up in Washington State. And, you know, a lot of my friends who I'm still good friends with today, but they have that fear almost embedded in them where they can't exist outside of that world because it's so comfortable to them. But know? that's, I'm going back to the, to the universe of balance. The universe is a, is a, is a, is a universe of balance. 
where they had that fear of, of leaving that environment. I had a fear of staying in an environment. Mm-hmm. The universe balanced out. Yeah. <laughs> we both <laughs> are living within our purpose. There was something meant for me. There was something meant for me to, to, to go out. There's no reason like to, like, I recognize differences in people, but I don't necessarily think of differences makes one person's choice better than the other. The thing is to, to really focus on your decisions and your choices and stay, stay as true to that as possible. Everybody's not meant to travel the world. Everybody's not meant for that, you know? And everybody's not meant to stay, stay local. You know, let's be united by our uniqueness. Yeah. And, you know, you can, you know, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody can't do the same. Just like everybody can't do the same physical push-ups, everybody can't do the same mental push-ups. Mm. Exact same thing. That's why people say, man, that thought, you man, that's heavy. That's what they're telling you. What you're thinking about is heavy. It's like they can't, what? Wait, what? And there's some people out there that can do like fucking 200 straight push-ups. That's not the, <laughs> David Go- the David Goggins of the mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, when it comes to a mental push-up and figure some shit out, that's me. Uh, and, you know, I think it's important too. I love what you said a couple minutes ago about, you know, everyone needs to embrace their own uniqueness. Um, right. A term that I always loved using was like, superpowers like what are your superpowers right Uh, you know every individual comes here and has a set of superpowers or just one superpower in in my opinion and um yeah i feel like in today's modern world everybody's trying to get everyone to conform to this one set of rules or you need to like the status quo right um you know you need to think like like that yeah absolutely you know maybe it's more elevated in today's world because we have so much access to like instant gratification access to information and news and all that um but i mean how how in your opinion i know it's kind of a loaded question but how in your opinion can people kind of teach themselves mental models to see through that you know escape that pull from you know what society tries to tell us what to do or how to be how can you kind of um, harden yourself through that and, and really embrace your superpowers and feel good about them. You know, the, 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 like you said, that's a loaded question. I see that as like a trick question. That look crazy as hell how you just drink that and it look like you're drinking something black. No <laughs> <laughs> <Doing> magic. Uh, <laughs> magic. Um, that's a, like a trick question because no one can ever be talked out of their superpowers. Mm, okay you know so if 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 you let somebody if you if a person was to say to me uh uh i always wanted to do that but that person said something to me and maybe i'm like you didn't want to do it then bro <laughs> you, <laughs> you didn't have it in it. you yeah like it wasn't meant for you yeah it wasn't meant for you just because you have a thought doesn't mean that you have the capacity to to bring it to fruition, um, it's it's I'm, it's like 
when a person wants to do something, they do it. And it's like, what is your level of commitment to getting that idea done? That's something that can't be um, instilled in someone. It can't be. Just like you can't keep somebody who's really super duper focused, you can't break their focus. It's just like, no, that person has blinders on. It's like, no, they just built like that. You know, it's just, they see the world, uh, they see the world as what they will or won't do versus what they can or can't do. It's a different mindset. That's why we come up with these different words. That's why whoever came up with these words and how to, to how to communicate it all expressing a certain energy and a certain frequency. Like if you was hanging out with a lot of high frequency people, you never use certain type of words. You just wouldn't because it, it's just unacceptable. Like, oh, I'm just thinking about doing that. What the fuck you mean you're thinking about doing that? Are you going to do it or are you not? <laughs> it's like, it's like that. It's, it's no time for the, hey, pep talks and the pep rallies and, and all that. It's, it's just not. It's, it's almost offensive. You go like, yo, bro, you, I, I, don't, I don't need the pep talk, bro. I'm, uh, I'm getting this done. So it's like a loaded question. If a person is committed to getting their ideal out, they, they, they get it done. And the universe will respond accordingly. Now, for me, a tactic that I use, I call it like jumping off the cliff of an idea. I jump off the cliff mentally. So that way I have a singular focus on landing. Because as long as I stay on a cliff, I can take in all type of considerations. But once I jump, I don't give a fuck about what was on the cliff. It's irrelevant. I'm in the air. I'm that by that mental image for me, it doesn't, it doesn't fear me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the uncertainty of being in the air because I believe in my supreme ability to figure how to land. It's almost like you are so in tune with who you are that you know that you're capable of, of seeing that idea through or. It's either, it's, it's not even that. It's, it's an uncertainty. Mm. I know one, two things going to happen. Either I'm going to land or I'm not. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Bro, like, like, yo, whoa. I'm either about to land, boom, boom, on some superhero shit, or I'm about to really bust my ass. Yeah. But you commit, and that's the first step. Yeah. I just commit. I jump. Like, and you have people who don't jump, and they don't, and when you don't jump, certain information 
will never come to you. Because mm-hmm. it's certain information, the way that the universe works in this, this realm, the information comes in the act of doing. Right. So I jump. And you could also go as far as saying that the longer that you wait and think and contemplate on jumping, the worse that anxiety will get and the more you'll doubt yourself in a way too? Um, well, yes and no, because once you jump, you jump, right? I'm not saying just run to the cliff and just run. Like, you should take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to take it some information. Just, you know. Right. Got to be a little prepared. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, got to okay. make sure the parachute works before yeah, you jump out yeah, of the plane. Yeah, exactly. You got to look over the cliff and be like, okay, I need to really. You might look over the cliff and be like, okay, I need to take 10 steps back just so I can get a running start because it's a fucking shard edge that's right there. So I need to clear it. Like, again, information. But once you're in the air, shut the fuck up talking to me. Like, I'm focusing on landing right now. <laughs> like, that's the only information that I'm willing to intake is about landing. That's it. I'm in the air. Don't talk to me about, hey, there's gravel on the cliff. Uh, what? What the heck? Bro, I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's just that mental, that way of, of, of thinking. That's just my analogy that I know if you was to study successful people, that analogy in, will apply consistently. I'm actually reading a book right now called Mental Models, um, and it's just discussing a lot of, you know, the Galileos, the Einsteins, all the people in our world uh, who have you know, really either created amazing things for current civilization or just great thinkers. And one of the things that inspired me was that they are just continuously on this path of learning and whatever models they have that might have worked at that time might not work in other areas of their life and might altogether be replaced. You know, for example, they discussed uh, Newton and how his idea of gravity and the universe and all that it was great but it was still flawed enough to the point where einstein came along with relativity and completely revolutionized the way that physicists discussed you know gravity and all those things so i feel like the thing with life as well is is those models can also evolve and change and what might work now might be different in the future are you constantly changing your model like do you feel like you're having to evolve them or Every day is three questions. What do I need to start, stop, and continue doing in order for me to uh, accomplish my my goal? And even my goals sometimes change. Like right now, it's all about the boutique hotel. So what do I need to start, stop, and continue doing? And every day, I should be getting the same answer. I mean, I should be getting different answers. And if I'm not, that right there is like, oh, I need to start getting some new answers that by default means I'm stagnant. I haven't, I haven't taken in new information and more importantly, I haven't applied new information. And just to get, get ultimately get to, to, to my goal line, you know? And so it's, 
we live in an information age now where it really is about applying information. It's not about the retention. It's more about the, because, you know, you know, you could be using something today that's totally outdated. Even though it might have some, some good principles in it, but it's like, um, it doesn't apply. Like at one time, if you were, you didn't need to know what, um, let's say Adidas, right? You didn't need to know the face of Adidas, the person that was making it. You didn't need to know the face of Levi's. You didn't need to know that. But now people buy or don't buy Teslas because of Elon Musk. We, we, we live in this, this business cycle right now of a very strong, look at me, Jane. I.e., I was trying to launch a brand and really wanted to be in the, the back of it, but the data said, you need to show yourself more. And that's what I get more engaged with. So I'm constantly uh, taking in new information and trying to, and not trying, I, I take in new information, I apply it to my best of ability, but then I then will assess it again, just to make sure that I'm getting, um, that I'm getting maximum, maximum output. I mean, I'm not trying to be half-assed and shit. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this to be mediocre and shit, you yeah. know? If you're gonna do something, you're gonna do it. You're gonna be full. Yeah, involved. yeah. You're gonna do it to my full, my full capacity, and that's what allows me to be sleep. You know, from seven to eight minutes once I hit the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of of uh, of sleep, I know that we're kind of discussing about output and ideas and getting ideas out. On the other side of that, um, you know, quieting the mind, um, ideas of like, for example, meditation or or even sleep, for example, how important sleep is to be able to perform at a high level. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about, did you either grow up or did you, are you now, do you have um, certain practices like self-care practices as far as meditation or quieting the mind? Do you listen to certain music at a certain point? What? How How do you turn all that Sakaya Santa for superpower maybe off to recharge, reset, and then continue? My favorite thing is sex. Okay. I love where I just go... It's not even like just actual intercourse. We're talking just the sexual energy mm. does something for me. Um, I would say second is uh, walks. Just going on a walk. A walk is so therapeutic. Like I love, and I like doing it more in a place like. Um, like Griffin Park here in LA, because it's so expansive. It's 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 a different if I take a walk like around West Hollywood versus if I'm in the park and the scale of it. And I like I prefer to walk where I don't see things that's made by man. I like to be like in the nature and see the scale, the scale and the power of it is is amazing. But first and foremost. You know, I can get into a very meditative state 
at a strip club. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, oh man, when I leave, I'm like, oh man, that chick really thought that it was about her. It's like, no, my mind wondered looking, just being in that highly sexual and sexualized, like it's, uh, it's a different fuel and it's a different fuel for, for, for me. Next time I, uh, I'm feeling anxious, I'm going to say, take me to the strip club. <laughs> no, bro. It, it should relax you. <laughs> I'm down. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I went to magic city in Atlanta, uh, during a shoot when I was shooting a documentary and, and I was just like, I was so blown away by the energy in there. It was, so exactly. I will, I will agree with you there. It was, yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah, it serves a purpose. I remember the, it's funny. Magic city was the first strip club I've been into in Atlanta. Same. Changed life forever. <laughs> yeah. I, I was speechless. I was speechless. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. We still, Dude, I went into that club in 19, I want to say 90, 91 for the first time. So that's how long that club has been there, right? Wow. And me and my boy, or one of my, you know, day ones, Eric, we still, we, I, no cap, we literally was talking about that, I want to say three, four days ago. Wow. Like yo, Magic City. Oh man, I, it's funny you had that experience with a friend too, because I, I I went with a good friend of mine who was actually DPing this project that we were shooting, and we almost felt like it was a rite of passage. If we were going to be in Atlanta shooting, that was one of the things that we oh, needed to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, I actually have a surprise for you. So, uh, this has been on my bookshelf for a long time. I know you already know, but. Oh man, this sucks. Okay, yeah, you're like, okay. <laughs> I was about to say it was just coming out black. I know, but uh, I wanted to bring this up because um, you know, early in my kind of journey, I was exploring a lot of different people and the world that I wanted to be in. Um, and you, you came up with this book, and this, you know, I, I bought it, I went through it, and it was definitely one of the things that uh, inspired me. Um, with the way that, you know, I wanted to, to go about my life. So I wanted to bring it up. There was actually one of the pages um, in there that uh, I think it was page 13, but it says life is 5% what happens and 90, uh, 95% how you react. And, and that's a big lesson um, that I'm still I, learning. I would change that today. Life is zero. Uh, what happens and a hundred percent how you would uh, how you not react we say react right or do we say respond react yeah I would say a hundred percent how you respond like I wrote that what uh, like 12 years ago like yeah 10 12 like 10 12 years ago I think it came out in 2008 right so shit that's like 14 years ago shit long time ago I think I yeah. discovered it through <laughs> So now I would say the 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 fifty one year old Sakaya would say life is zero percent of what happens and a hundred percent how you respond to it. And I'm really I have to change it from respond to respond from react because a reaction 
requires no thought. Like you could react, end up in the penitentiary or in the cemetery by a reaction. But a response can put somebody else in the penitentiary or in the cemetery. Mm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's a much more powerful. And once you once you have the ability to, to center yourself and not be affected by your environment, that's when you become Neo. That was the whole purpose of Neo. And he was just like, he, he realized that, oh, you ain't doing shit. Like, yeah. okay, all right. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> like he was just like, oh, I get it. Because at first he was operating out of, out of reaction mode and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he was running from him versus, nah, I'm going to run straight towards you, bro. It's like just that paradigm shit. What I want to expl- actually, before I touch on this, this almost confirms what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, that models can evolve and change. So the yeah. 2008, the 2008 Sakaio theoretically was like the Newton Sakaya. And now the 2022 Sakaya is this Einstein where they both still work, but this, this 2022 Sakaya is, is deeper and elevated because you have so much more experience and you understand. Yeah, that. yeah, exactly. I call this Sakaya 5.1. That was Sakaya 4.0. <laughs> I love that. We're yeah, constantly, this- yeah, we're constantly updating. It's true. Yeah, exactly. Updating. This Sakaya 5.1. So you mentioned, uh, so uh, with, with what I'm trying to do is still human um, is why you say I, what you're trying to do. Good point for catching me there. What I am doing with still okay. human. See, this is why I love you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I'm doing with still human is I'm trying to take social media and just did it. <laughs> you just did it. Again. I just did it. See, it's... <laughs> you're, 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 you're putting yourself <laughs> under your own uh, you're doing self-hypnosis mm. and you're telling your subconscious that you're not completely committed to it. Ah. So now you're giving yourself off oh, it don't happen. Mm. You know what I mean? And you could, and I'm just saying it's just interesting how you caught yourself and then you said the sentence and then you went, then you went right back. That, it's almost like it's hardwired. <laughs> yes, and you can you can reprogram yourself. You know, so let's let this is an update. All right, this up- is update. Right update. I just rebooted. I restarted the phone. Okay. All right. What, so what I'm doing with Still Human is I'm taking social media instead of posting about my life, whatever it may be. I'm using my platform to um, ask polls and questions three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I'm asking all my followers certain questions, you know, like, how are you feeling today? Uh, how would you react in this certain sort? It's, it's all just used, you know, for people to take a break from social media and think for a second, you know? Right. And one of the things that I discussed today, um, it's funny that you mentioned Neo is I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, I, I, I kind of, I'll read it off to you, but I said, our reality is a complex matrix. It's a liberating feeling when you choose not to take it personally, the pressure fades, guilt fades, regret fades, stress fades, insecurity fades, and hate fades. A lot of these negative energy cycles are a natural ego response to conflict. We take everything personally. Right. So, you know, when we're, the reason I bring this up is we were talking about that page in the book 
about our reaction to things and how really a lot of our own stress, anxiety, insecurities are almost self-inflicted because we choose or our ego chooses to react to those things. Absolutely. And one of the reasons why there might seem like this big epidemic or whatever you want to call it with, you know, the, these mental health issues is because um, we're so reactionary. Uh, everything is like, oh my God, like we're all going to die or this or that, you know? And, and so what I've been actually trying to practice myself too, and pass along through these polls and questions is when you remove yourself from the matrix, when you almost go bird's eye view and understand that, you know, this is a very complex matrix that it's almost liberating. You think it's like going to be the other side. Cause you're like, Oh, that scares me though. I, I feel out of control. It's like, no, I actually feel more in control. Now I feel more in control of my emotions. I feel more in control of my decision-making because I understand that as long as I don't react out to these certain things, like I have power, I have control over myself. Yeah, you are. We are all. There's a, there's two, well, there's an infinite amount of universes, right? Because they all operate within our head, right? You are the God of your universe. You are the God of it, right? What happens is we project what's going on in our universe into everyone else's. And even though there might be some overlap, there is there is no one who's having the exact same experience that you're having. There's no one, because what makes something what it is is what you're comparing it to. So that means that everything is nothing until you make it something. Talking about how Einstein was like, you know, he, he died trying to figure out the theory of everything. I think I figured it out. It's the, the, the formula is L equals U plus X. That was like in my first book. And the L is life equals U plus X, which is which are, which are variables. That's what life is. It's your life is based off of you and your experiences and, and how you choose to it. I grew up in Southside Chicago and by way of Mississippi and whatnot. I was like, nope, this is this is this ain't for me. And I got some cousins that I love dearly. And relatives that never left like this 40 mile radius. It's having the same experiences. So yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. But the, the what has been constant is that people in power know they only have to do one thing convince others that they don't have it. That's the only thing they have to do. They have to convince you that you don't have power. So after that, you are under their control. You are under their manipulation. Well, under their spell in a way too. Yeah. It's like, so now if, if I uh, collectively, if everybody just said collectively, there's always more um, that's not in power, that's in power. But when you think about just basic math, if that collection of the people, if you will, 
had like a, a unifying thought, the people in power, it's, it's literally impossible for them to retain their power. It's just, so it's, it's like, let's create these distractions. You know, I think uh, when I often watching a movie or just TV and stuff, it's like, man, this is such a distraction. This is such a distraction and you have people living out of watching something that they know is not real, that they're getting emotional reactions from something that they know is not real. It's like when people be talking about reality shows and then you see the credits and be like written by, be like, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of, excuse me? When they say the Truman Show, and you knock on a person's house, and you you gotta understand this just from your uh, profession, uh, they knock on the door in the reality show, and then they show a shot of the person opening the door from the inside. Like, <laughs> oh, I didn't know you was coming with the cameraman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, man, what kind of bullshit is this? <laughs> It's um, it's kind of it's it's like the when they go visit their houses. I forget who's doing it now. Um, but they open the door and it, yeah, like you just said, it's like, oh hey, hey, I didn't know, but they showed a shot over, showed a shot of the person outside. I mean, cut, cut. Can we redo that? The lighting was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Redo. Can we do a redo? You want to know something about with my field? Why I've been so drawn to documentary work is. And especially actually live performance, too, is because I can't go up to the, the subject or the artist uh, on stage and be like, hey, tap him on the shoulder. Be like, hey, can you can you come out again? Can you can you restart the set? Can you, I, I miss that. Like I so for me growing up and shooting real life, people always ask me, oh, you should shoot music videos or you should get into this. And I always was like, you know, that's not for me. And they're like, well, why not? And I say, I'm interested in real life, like capturing real life. Uh, and finding the beauty in there because it makes me work harder to really capture reality. I've always loved truth. Like I've always loved it, reality in a way. It also, to your point, you are alive in that moment. You are present. Mm. It's not a stop. Oh, let's see what we could do. It's like, it's like you are so entombed in a moment like that, because you know that that moment is not going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, it's, it's not going to happen like that again. No, I agree with you hundred percent. I I truly believe that that's where the magic truly lies in the present moment. Um, You know, when I, I was shooting, at this festival and little Yachty was about to go on and I didn't have access to his stage. Um, but I never, like, I've never been the person to stop there. I, I said, I need to get on that stage. And I snuck on and, you know, I said, I don't know how I'm going to get on physically on the stage to film his set. All of a sudden Yachty looked over and he said, I want everyone here who's on stage or, you know, on the side of the stage to come on stage for this first song. And I was like, all right, well, I snuck up here. I'm not supposed to be here, but now I'm blending in because every he's he's invited everyone to the stage. And so I go on there, you know, Billy Eilish comes up. There's a couple other people, and I am like fly on the wall, ghost, 
camera's recording, not saying a word. I'm I am like fully pre prepared and ready to capture this moment. And the the first track started, he came out and I'll send you the clip, but it was still to this day, like I was so in the present moment, I felt like I was like floating in a way. Right. And I and I would I came up right behind him and I got right over his shoulder and I was still shooting it in these like in the, with this cinematic lens in a way where, you know, I, I'm shooting it with shots that look as if it was staged in a way like I wanted to challenge myself. And, and then after the, you know, few songs were over, I left the stage, completely left the show, went home, looked at the footage and. I, it, it was like it gave me chills because like, you know, the reason I'm bringing up the story is like, I can't go on there and be like, hey, can you do this for me? Because Lil Yachty doesn't give a shit about me. Like, he doesn't know who I am. He, I can't. Well, you could have said yes or no. Yeah. But, but the thing is, you found your way, though. Yeah. That's the thing that I, I fuck with. You found your way. You, you said, because there was plenty of things that you said that if you hadn't jumped off the cliff, you would have not put yourself in a position. It's all about putting yourself in a position to succeed. It's not guaranteed, right? but, I, but you greatly increase the probability of it happening by finding yourself on stage versus if you just said, oh, I can't do that, so let me just stay home. That's a self-limiting belief. You just, you just told yourself you can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're just like, yo, like it's so many times where, you know, I'm like that I've had success by just putting myself in a position. Like, and that's what they call like shooting in the gym and shit like that. You were prepared for that moment. It wasn't like you was up there and just like, oh, hold on. Let me open my new camera and stuff. <laughs> What's your Instagram? Hey, oh, yeah. can we take a selfie? Yeah. It's like, man, get the fuck up stage, bro. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Who's is this? Like, nah. Where's your pass? Man, it's like, you know, you're not gonna, man, wouldn't that be wonderful if everybody got official invites to live out their dreams? That's that's absurd. <laughs> That's fucking absurd, bro. Yeah. Like, yo, you don't get like, hey, man, I know how you put you want to be this guy, man. Yeah. You got to put yourself in that position mm -hmm. consistently. Like, you have to consistently do it. Because yeah. I'm sure that wasn't the first stage that you crashed. No. Exactly. So, <laughs> I have many you know? more stories of stages I've Exactly. Exactly. You knew how to move. To like, yo, I'm gonna get on the stage, bro. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I'm getting on the stage, bro. Yeah. Like, I, almost, I almost viewed it as a as a game in a way because I love I love it when somebody tells me no. I love it when somebody tells me no. I've always been that way. I've maybe call it a little stubborn, being stubborn, whatever. But I, the reason I love how you explained jumping off that cliff and it's a 50-50 chance whether I land or not. I totally agree because I can try to hop a fence or get on a stage and I can successfully get on there or I can get caught and the bouncer kicks me out and I go home. Both outcomes are great because of sure, yeah. the act of initiating that and jumping off that cliff, because I can guarantee you as much as many stages I've ended up on 
there's there's been just as many times where I've been kicked off and told to you know to get the fuck out of here whatever it is and those those moments are just as important because it, it humbles it humbles you it keeps your ego in check um but it also well, I like the word humble yeah yeah I, t- 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 I tell you what you have your phone in front of you yeah we're gonna do this for the podcast this is gonna be amazing okay perfect look up the word humble right now okay perfect look up the word humble all right and then read it read it out loud to, to your audience all right the definition of humble is having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance oh okay keep, keep going <laughs> keep going it's lower in dignity or importance wow okay so that <laughs> yo so who benefits from your humble moment wow Not- <laughs> <laughs> you know what one of my favorite things that that kanye did um so much so that i actually went out and bought a dictionary is he used to highlight positive words and discard negative words. Right. And that, to me, like that, for whatever reason, that struck a chord in me because it's like, wow, we really are on autopilot sometimes using words that are secretly self-destructive. And you just pointed that out. Yeah. And so I could go like, I love that. Thank you for, thank you for telling and, and enlightening me on the word humble. Yeah. Most people are like, yeah, they just, oh no, you have to be humble. Like, no, bro. See, I was, as I was listening to you before you said the word humble, I was like, man, all the data that you got to make, to that's made you a better stage crasher. You know what I mean? That's yeah. where I thought that you was going like, yo, I'm knowing how to move. Oh, maybe I should jump at this time. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should wear this. You have all this data that can never be taken from you mm-hmm. to make it where you increase your probability of success. You're not going, you never go to the stage with this, um, with a concept of absolute. It's all about probability. That's the nature, like when you predator and prey, they, they learn on each attempt, oh, maybe I should move a little slower. Maybe I should move faster. Maybe right. I should be quieter more. What it is like, what, what, what do I need to do to increase the probability? Because it's possibility, probability, two totally different things. The job, our, I, I operate on just increasing my probability of success. That's it. That's 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 increase the probability. You create uh, your own luck. Yeah. Well, I don't believe in luck because okay. luck, luck, luck is me just walking down in Griffin Park and kick a envelope of ten thousand dollars in it. That's luck. Yeah. <laughs> now, if I said I'm walking in Griffin Park to kick an envelope with ten thousand dollars in it. And I do it, that's not luck. I set out to do it. Mm. Now, what is the probability of me doing that? Very slim. That's about the same logic of me saying that I'm gonna catch a big marlin fish and I go out and buy the best 
rod, the best bait, but I'm sitting in a tree in the middle of the forest. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but I'm saying the probability of me catching a fish sitting in the middle of the forest is highly unlikely. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I take and do the necessary things, get on the boat and say, hey, the, the, the fish trackers and all that kind of stuff, and they say the fish is biting over there, then I go over there and put my line in the water and stuff. That's not luck that I caught a fish. Like, what the fuck you mean? Luck, luck is, it didn't happen by chance. I put myself in position to catch this fish. So it's not luck. Like, luck is, by chance, luck is just something happenstance, you know, like, like whatever. You said you left your house to crash the stage. How is that luck? <laughs> You're actively searching out that, that yeah. end goal in a way. Yeah, that end goal. So it's like luck, bro. What are you talking about? I left my house. I got this border. I was thinking of scenarios when I was eating my cereal. Like, okay, if you come to me this way, I'm going to do this way. You thinking of scenarios of what you're going to say if you need to go, like, come on, man. Could you just let me, could you just let me get like, like, just, just once all like, it's not luck, bro. <laughs> that in a way could even further how you corrected me on the word humble in a way, because oh, you could almost as go as far as saying that luck is also like discrediting yourself too. Oh yeah. Yeah. When people say, oh man, you are always lucky. Like, first of all, somebody cannot always be lucky. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, no, I'm just lucky. I'm just, I'm just the luckiest man in the world. No. The luckiest man in the world, again, is the person who shit, like, this person is just sitting on their couch and somebody just knocks on the door randomly and says, you know, I think I want to give you a million dollars. That's some lucky ass shit. <laughs> yeah. You, you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. All right. okay. Ooh, great. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this. But... <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But if a, if a person said, I'm going to sit on this couch till somebody gives me a million dollars and that happens. I wouldn't say that he's lucky. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, what are you doing? I'm sitting on the couch waiting. Yeah. No, again, probability is like, yeah, I've never heard of that happening before. Yeah. That may not be luck. That might be persistence. <laughs> yeah. And it, it takes that. And I'm hoping that he, but you know, those are the type of people that, you know, things don't, don't happen for one of my favorite personal quotes that I tell myself a lot um especially when I fail at something or I'm trying to work through bettering a certain part of my life is uh you're only as good as the information you have right um and you know it, it even goes as far as even when people make mistakes in my life um, that feel guilty or feel bad or insecure about it. I always tell them that quote. Cause it's like, Hey, if you didn't know about something and then that happened, that's almost a good thing because now, you know, you know, don't let it discourage you. Let it move you forward because you are only as good as the, you know, it's kind of like, if you're like, oh, I want to surf, I've never surfed a day in my life. I'm going to go buy a board, buy a wetsuit and you go surf and you have a horrible day. And then you get discouraged. And you're like, oh my God, I'm so unathletic. I suck. I'm never doing this again. It's like, okay, well, you're discrediting yourself because you don't have the information. You don't have the muscle memory. You don't have the, the practice, the hours, the, the hours that it takes, the, the months that it takes to get up on a board. Then the more hours it takes to even t- curve and turn and twist. Yo, that's interesting that you said muscle memory because people discredit their mind as 
a muscle. Mm. And if you're used to um, the process, you're used to the muscle memory of adjusting. Mm. Like my oldest daughter is doing, uh, she's doing these fighting, these uh, Muay Thai fighting. And she did her first sparring. And she was like, oh my God, I'm fucking. She said, I was so horrible in this first sparring <laughs> that she said, I can only get better. I can't, she was like, I can't get worse than what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> she was just like, it's only up from here. <laughs> yeah, it's only up. And I was like, yo, you needed to see because she's been doing it like, like the classes for like a year. And it's a big difference in when somebody's swinging back at you, trying to punch you in your nose. Like it's a, it's a different muscle memory. And she said now, like she's catching legs and like she's doing stuff like, yeah, like, okay, okay, like. So yeah, it's that muscle memory, but it's the mental muscle memory to not even think of it as failure, because failure is when you give up trying. It's a growth moment. You just learn something that you can apply the next time. I don't, I don't, again, the, it's expectations. If a person thinks that they just going to come in, put like this, I have a personal philosophy. It takes two years of consistently doing something to transform, to transform your life from either good or bad. But if you do something consistently for 24 months, you're going to look back and see such, such a drastic distance from where you were at those two years. It's been consistently for the last 30 years of my life. That's been consistent to the point I talk about things now that I want to be doing in two years because I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I spoke about it two years ago. Mm. So I'm always like, no, two years, two years, two years. That's why people kind of don't understand why I don't choose to celebrate things because I'm like, I already was doing this two years ago mentally. Yeah, like, I'm like, right. <laughs> let's go. Like, but yeah, two years, you could really super duper transform your whole, when I say reality, I mean your choices. Because that's what reality is, is right. choice. What choices do you want to have? Two consecutive years. And I think that's the way the universe has it to weed out the weak. Because obviously everybody would drive a Bentley and they could just go get it tomorrow. But how many people are going to put themselves in a position to not only get it, but to maintain it? You know? Right. It's... The universe, again, is a thing of, it's a thing of, it's not only a thing of, it's a thing, it's, it's, it's a system that accepts failure and winning the exact same. The universe knows no difference. So now, but it's, but what determines that is your, is your will. It comes down to the wheels and the and the and the walls. I hundred yeah. percent. I hundred percent agree. I actually just saw a graph 
model. I'm going to, I just wrote it out. I'm going to see if I know the green screen thing. Yeah. I probably won't be able to show it. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so kind of what I saw was when you go start something new, um, this is kind of like your, see if this graph is like your self-esteem or your confidence in a way. So you're like, okay, I want to go surf. And, you know, your ego is saying, oh my God, it looks so easy. Look at all these people making it easy. This is you right here. You haven't surfed a single day in your life, but you're like, okay, my confidence is at like 99%. And then this, this mark kind of symbolizes that first day where you get your absolute ass kicked to the ground. Yes. Yes, The ocean tore you up. (laughs) Yes. And so this 95% variable right here is, is on this graph is 95% of people quit after that first time. Because that, I would say, yeah, I would say higher than that. But go ahead. <laughs> that that initial feeling, that rush, that euphoria, you're so excited. Oh my god, I'm going to be a surfer. All this, and then that crash down to zero. That is what separate. Kind of to further your point, that moment is what separates. Like you said, life separates the people who are committed to it versus the people who are just talking about it, and. Then there's that, obviously, in the graph, there's that long road back to that confidence level. Um, And I think that that, you know, I'm a very visual learner. I'm a very visual person. And so seeing that graph was like, wow, yes, like everybody feels that pain. Everybody's ego feels that pain when you get your ass kicked. It's kind of like your your oldest daughter saying, wow, I possibly can't get any worse than that, right? Yeah. It's only up from here. And, you know, 95% 95% or more could say when at that point, they're like, Hey, maybe this isn't for me, or I don't want to commit to this anymore. I suck. And you know, that's, that helps that immediate ego hit. I feel like helps weed out the people that aren't really serious about it versus the people that are like, no. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes you, you could, if I can leave your audience with anything, it would be like, life is like a department store. You go try stuff on, right? Don't be afraid to try anything on, but more importantly, don't be afraid to take it off. You don't just buy everything that you put on, but no one, the concept of trying on a jacket is not scary to somebody because it's obviously, it's easier, but it's the exact same thing. Try on the idea that you're gonna be a surfer. You might, you don't, leave the store naked because that first jacket didn't fit you or whatever. He's like, yo, let me continue to reach my goal. Um, don't be afraid to try on the idea, but also really listen to yourself. Really super duper listen to yourself because at one time I thought that I really wanted to be the world's best personal trainer. And then I realized I don't like being that up close to people. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I, I couldn't figure that little, that little part out. Like, ooh, I don't really like being up on people and yeah. stuff like that. And contrary to belief, even though I'm doing this podcast like this, I don't like to, to, to motivate people. It's like, look, the people would try to, uh, when I was doing a personal training, they wanted to tap into 
my exuberance and my will. And I'm like, no, you're going to be on the treadmill, not me. <laughs> yeah, you got to create your own <laughs> mental model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I'm going to just uh, really like give you a blueprint and stuff like that. But I'm not about to be doing this shit, bro. I'm not going to be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, in my opinion, motivation just, I don't know, it's kind of a cop-out in a way. Because it's like, you can inspire people, you can educate people, you can you can better them, but it's up to the person on the receiving end to put that to practice and to use it. It's kind of yeah. like someone who wakes up and follows a hundred Instagram accounts that are like, in order to be this or that, you know, it's like, but he sits on the same couch every day, watches the same TV every day and doesn't exercise. It's like, knowledge is only useful if you put it to use, right? Yeah, the application of it. Yeah. I with you i share something with you that most people don't know um when i i was going to school in madison wisconsin and ninth and i came back to chicago in december of 1994 and i always had this vision that somebody was going there somebody's going to be like this guy is special let me just turn the world over to him like Literally up until 1994, so so for my first 23 years on the planet, that's how I was operating. And uh, in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, I was what seemed like the popular, you know, things was working out for me, but it was also a world that didn't have a lot of responsibility uh, in it and accountability too, because it was college time. So I come back down to Chicago and I was like, oh, I know I'm being fine a job. I'm being because I'm Sakaya. Like, come on, everybody loves me. So, <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah. So I'm um I'm down there and I can't find a job for shit. And I literally had what could be considered a mild, like breakdown. I just start crying uncontrollably. I just couldn't because I couldn't believe that this was not happening for me. And as clear as I hear your voice right now, I heard a voice say, what have you done? And me being the pure soul that I am, I said, I answered it. I said nothing. And then the voice said, so what do you expect? Mm. And from that moment, I, I mean, when I say it was like somebody just closed the faucet, I immediately stopped crying. The world just cracked open. And then I realized that moments like that are going to happen, but it's going to be based on everything that I did prior. Mm. You know, that's why I'm constantly engaged. I'm constantly working. I'm constantly so when somebody does come in my world and they be like, if I say, oh, I want to do a boutique hotel, I have a home that's a prototype of how I would put that space together. I've already done it. It's not like, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to do a hotel and Let's see if uh, it works out. Yeah, see if it works out. <laughs> I've done the acting, acting thing. I've done built the furniture with my own hands. 
I know where to go get certain supplies and stuff like that. So when that opportunity presents itself, which I know it will, I'm going to be ready for it. And that person that's going to be prepared to give me that opportunity is going to recognize my preparation. It's like, don't tell me what you want to do. Show me what you've done. And then I will give you a consideration. They don't care about what you want to do. What have you done? Because future, I mean, future performance is dictated on past behaviors. You know, so it's like, and literally it just clicked. And I remember my, I wasn't married to her at the time, but I remember the, the woman I was with, she was just looking at me in blank face and like, it was just like, what the fuck is going on? And like, ever since then, like, I don't know a person. You you see me work. You're not gonna outwork me. Yeah. You're gonna see me. You you we was up there at the Wu Tang and shit. And we you're never not working. Yeah, yeah. You're like like yo. We're gonna sit there and like boom 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 and like okay, all right, all right, Evan. Boom boom, all right, Evan. This is yeah. the shot. Like boom boom boom. Okay, you was there. You was there filming and stuff like that. And we was like boom boom boom. Bottom line was we knew even though we were understaffed and because people were quitting and shit like that. We have an objective to get done. That was it. It wasn't, it wasn't, ah, we have blinders on. It was just like, yo, I'm over there designing. I remember that, uh, Sean and them was like, yo, the thing that I fuck with Sakai about is he'll say something. And then if you're not like moving at a certain pace, he'll just pull out his laptop and do it himself. Yes. <laughs> he'll do it himself. Like, yeah, you yeah. have to have that. I mean, I'll never forget that 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 day, you know, that, like you said, understaffed and there was a lot of stuff that needed to be done. And then I'll never forget you came up to me and be like, Evan, I need stage visuals. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like immediately like I stopped filming. I stopped everything and I opened up my computer because I knew like, first of all, when Sakai tells you to do something, you do it. <laughs> but I I totally yeah, I, I agree with that because it's like you you have to accomplish what you set out to do and you'll go to any, any, yeah. anything, any, any lengths to, to get that done. And that's why people trust you. And that's why you have such a great reputation because you don't have, there is no such thing as, as an excuse in Sakaya's brain. Yeah. No. Like I could never, ever imagine you saying like, Oh, well, what about, you know, like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, different. always like, okay. Yeah. The difference between excuses and reasons. Yeah. Excuse is, is you. I'm asking for forgiveness, and a reason is it requires a logical thought. Like, there's a reason why, if I said that the graphics couldn't be done, there was a reason for it, right? There was a limitation, yeah, yeah, but there was no excuse that I was going to give you on why the graphics wasn't done. And again, it's that frequency, like. Champions in life don't live by, don't define their actions by excuses. They don't. It's just like, you know who really, really embrace, um, and this is just from my perspective, the people who, the sect of people who really define their actions by excuses are those who, never done shit. They don't do shit. Yeah. They, 
accepting people on the planet. Oh, man, anything goes. But when you on your grind and you like, you know, that shit needs to be done. Nah, nothing's getting in your way. <laughs> nah, nothing. And if it does, hey, it was meant to be, but it wasn't. It's definitely not due to a lack of um, effort on my part. I actually have a picture. I'll, maybe I'll text it to you after. Um, but there is a somebody had snapped a picture of me, you, and I think it was either Sean or someone else with the laptop all huddled around the laptop working. Uh, and we, we we all just had our game face. Oh, it's right here. It's actually just you. You know what? Are you cool if I share my screen really quick? Yeah. I just got to put these out in the world. Um this this will prove your your point of Sakaya is always working. Let me share here. Um, preview. Let's share preview. All right, can you see that? Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steve. Uh, you obviously me sitting there like I don't know what kind of face I was making. Jeez. <laughs> oh my god. I actually I have one I have one more here. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop the share. <laughs> I'm going to do one more. Uh, <laughs> new share. Here it is right here. Uh, that? Yeah, that's a much better picture. Much better. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah cool. Exactly what moment we were doing. We were doing the Fat Joe moment right there. Yep, the Fat Joe visuals. <laughs> yep, we were doing the Fat Joe visuals. Yep. yep. Right? And you, because uh, I had just downloaded. You don't even know. I just downloaded Premiere and shit. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Yo," because I was because I did the Kobe stuff out of um, iMovie because that was a more simple. Uh, and then I was just like, "Okay, let me figure this premiere shit out." Like, <laughs> you figure this shit out. <laughs> I love it. Did you see what I had on my laptop with the the words there? The quote. What does it say? Watch where you fly. <laughs> Oh. And we're flying in that picture. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Thanks for letting me share that. That was that was good memories. Yes, it was. We put the work in for sure. Well, I know we're uh, we're kind of going over time, but I have I have one more question for you. All right, perfect. Because I'm at four percent, so this is perfect. Okay, cool. Uh, if you could have dinner or lunch, tea, whatever it may be, one face to face interaction with one person, dead or alive, who would it be? It has to be one person. It could be it could be a group or if it's like a band or whatever it is or people or I am 5.1. I would love to talk to my parents again. Mm. That's that's the my mom and dad. Like that's the only people that will mean something to me at because I'm the age now that my mom was when she passed. So that's just putting everything in a totally different perspective of her passing at 51. And I'm just like, oh, and she never got to see, they never got to experience. We both were, we both never got to experience me at this and who knows who they would have been at, you know, my mom, you know, version 7.1 or stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't have any, I don't know if I would get anything out of 
fully diagnosed. You know, it's just like, I can read a book or whatever. <laughs> like my mom and my pops and just, like, how would it be for me to host my, my parents in my home right now? Yeah. You know, you know, for them to come in there, you know, newly married and stuff like that. How would they, how, how would that be? That, that's to my soul right there. That that's like, hey, like to hear, I don't know how I would feel to hear either my parents at 51 say they're proud of me. I don't know what that, I don't know what that feels like. I, it's just, I, what would that do to me just on a fundamental human level for, for everything I accomplished because they both been gone for 21 years now, going on 22 years. That's like, it's been a lot of updates since then, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it would be my parents. Amazing. To, yeah, it would be my parents for sure. Amazing. I love that. Well, Sakaya, thank you so much for, for being the first guest of Rare Humans. You are indeed a rare human, so thank you. Uh, like Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, this was fun, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm super excited, and you know, I'm also excited for you and and your your latest adventures and adventures and all that. So appreciate you. All right, man. As always, let's create some more magic together. Yes, sir. Magic right. is very real. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs>